0: Welcome back to Haphazardly, I'm your host Jade, and today we're going to be talking about therapy because, you know, a lot of people, the reason why they live a life that feels so haphazardous, haphazardly, I mean, (laughs) is because their mental health isn't in check or their habits aren't in check, and to get those things in order and in line, you can work on them yourself through self-help, books, shows, movies, podcasts like this one, but Another thing that's really helpful for that kind of stuff is therapy. And today I went and met with my new therapist because the one I was meeting with, I'd only been seeing her for like a month. Um, she randomly was like, Oh, I'm actually moving to the other side of the city. I was like, I'm not going to be driving there. So they thankfully found me another one and I already like the new one a little bit better. Um, nothing against the first therapist. It was just, I think this one's going to be a better fit and we'll talk about why. But um, if you don't know, I'm going to school to become a therapist currently and I have a big passion for mental health and life coach type stuff. Anything around becoming a better version of yourself or figuring out how to just change and grow in different ways. It's really important to me. So today I wanted to go over like, this is going to be kind of a brief episode because it's going to be more structured in the way of how to and why. Um, Because I think that starting therapy can be a really intimidating thing for a lot of people. It's never been intimidating for me because one, I've been going to therapy for like 10 years now, on and off. Um, And two, I'm going to school to become a therapist. So I just love going to those appointments because it's something that I'm interested in and I love. But for a lot of people, it can be really scary because it's a a situation where you're going to have to be excessively vulnerable and be that way with someone that you don't know and a lot of people what is the cat doing and a lot of people that is um. Ow! <laughs> the cat's playing with me Milo's playing with me and I knocked the microphone out of my mouth stop eating the book <clears throat> but sorry and that was a lot of distraction but I, I I, just know that it's really hard for people and a lot of people also don't know where to start. So I just want to talk about some of that kind of stuff to help people out because my job currently and for the past year has been working as a discharge planner from an inpatient psychiatric hospital. So that means that when people leave, I make sure that they have provider appointments like a therapist and a psychiatrist and a doctor Um, to make sure that when they go, they have supports around them that can make sure that they don't end up back in the inpatient hospital, or that can help us make sure they get back in safely if they need to. Just supports around them. So part of that job means I've had to learn a lot about how to find people therapists, and how to find people new providers, and what goes into asking questions, what the people will ask you, and where to find them, and all that good stuff. And a lot of people don't know it, and I think that it's something that people don't get a lot of help with and no one knows where to start with that kind of stuff so I want to be able to produce something that is using my knowledge in my job and putting it out to the public so that other people can benefit from this because it's a daunting task in and of itself of emotionally starting it as well as the logistics of finding somebody to go to Um, so I just want to go over all of that good stuff so let's just jump right in there's like five main steps in finding a provider and starting with a provider. Um, and I'm going to be talking specifically about therapists and psychologists. They do similar things, and I'm not talking about for testing. I'm talking about for traditional talk therapy. So, um, and I, when I say traditional talk therapy, that doesn't mean it does can't include things like EMDR and other specialized areas of psych. I'm just saying it's more so therapy to work on, talking through things in that kind of perspective, rather than like testing and or like group therapy or a program. Ouch. Because that's a whole different process. Um, anyway, I think that the first step that everyone needs to take is to take some time and set up the mood, sit down and really think through what it is that you need therapy for, that you want therapy for. Because when you call places or you look up places, they're going to ask what it is. And, you know, you might be able to just say all the things that you have going on. But I think that it's more important to sit down and think through what the specific thing is beforehand so that you know what to look for. to. Because you don't want to be calling a bunch of places um, or looking into a bunch of places that don't actually apply to what you're going to end up needing. That would be a waste of your time. So, set, you know, it's, it's a Saturday night or whatever, it's, it's a night, and you go into your room, and you set the mood with some lights and a candle, and you lay down in bed, and this is sounding like it's going a different way, but it's not. Self-love, not like that. You lay down in bed, get your journal out, and play some like nice soothing background music, no lyrics, and just sit there and really think about your mental health, and what is going on in your life, and who you want to be and what you want to achieve and what's wrong and what's good and think through all of that and think through your life and what are the main consistent themes throughout your life and write them down. Just write down what's going through your head and then the next morning or even that night like read it over. Read it over twice and the main theme of them will stand out to you. So like maybe let's say you're dealing with anxiety and you're writing and you're like I've just been feeling like everything is too overwhelming and my life just feels like it's going by so fast and I can't keep up with anything, and I get so nervous about doing this thing and this thing and this thing, and I also feel so sad all the time. But, like, you know, you mentioned other things like sadness or maybe trauma or suicidal ideation, but the main theme that you're hearing in all of this is anxiety. So, then what you'll do is you'll go, okay, it sounds like the root cause, I'm guessing, is anxiety. And you know what? You might be wrong about what the root cause is. And, That's why you need to go get therapy is because you're not a professional. This isn't your area of expertise. You just know that you want help and you need someone else to be there to help you through it. But like I said, finding the cat, it keeps licking the laptop. But finding a provider that is specialized in your area of struggle, that's like your primary one, is going to change the game for them helping you. And you know what? You might be wrong about what your primary one is. But there's a good chance that you intuitively will know what the main one is to some extent, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you can have anxiety and depression, but anxiety could just be a sub-symptom of your depression. So the the main umbrella diagnosis would be depression because everything else is coming as a result of that. Or trauma could be the umbrella one and everything else can be coming from that. And you don't need to know exactly what it is. But if you have a generalized idea of what term best applies to you, that's some good grounds to work off of. So then what you're going to do is you're going to think about what kind of, um, this is the second step. First step is figuring out like what the primary purpose is that you want to get out of therapy and like the psychological terminology of like diagnoses and issues people are dealing with that you can explain to people like anxiety, depression, suicide, trauma, ADHD, OCD, whatever. Think about which one of those is your main focus and then call her and then next you want to think about what you want in a therapist. Like what do you actually want in a provider? And I honestly think this is the most important step and a lot of people don't think through this and it's also why they give up so quickly on doing therapy. Because what happens is is you you don't people don't think about what they want in a therapist or that they may even have preferences and they just pick the first person available and they get in and they don't like the person they're like well that was a waste of my time I just spent a month trying to get to know this person and trust them and now I don't I don't like them so like now I'm gonna go do it again with another person and then not trust them and you know that still might happen even with doing these steps but I think that these steps will help prevent that especially in step two which is thinking about what you want in a therapist so like you prefer a male or female or maybe you prefer someone that is in like a gender non-binary because you also are in that category um that's i think gender is probably one of the most important ones for me because i do not want to work with a male ever i do not want to work with a biological male ever 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 Even someone that presents as a male, I just can't do that. It's not going to work for me. I don't go to any providers that are male presenting in any context, no matter what it is. I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I will only work with females. Another important thing to consider, age. I personally cannot go see a provider in therapy if they're around my age or even like only 10 years older than me. They have to be quite significantly older than me like, I need someone that's, like, in their mid to, late, like, late 30s, early 40s, and older. Because if it's someone that's close to me in age, I'm going to be like, you have just as much experience as I do, and my knowledge basis is pretty similar to yours. Because you likely just graduated a few years ago, and, like, you've only been practicing for a few years, and we're just too close in age and have too much in common. It feels like I'm talking to a friend. And for me, in a provider, I need someone that's more, like, a older elder type, not elder, like elderly, but it's like someone that I can look up to as an elder to learn from, and that's just a personal preference. Some other people might only feel comfortable talking with someone around their own age, but that's really important to think about. Um, And then or degree. This doesn't matter a whole lot to me. Um, Sometimes I do find it easier for me to have someone that has their doctoral degree because I'm in the middle of getting my master's And again, I just personally feel like if they're close in age to me, if they don't have a higher degree than me, I would need that, like, the girl I went and saw before this current therapist, she's closer in age to me, but she has her doctorate. So I could kind of rationalize it, but it didn't work out. So, like, do you care if they have their degree in psychology? Would you rather they have their degree in social work? Would you rather they have their degree in psychology as a psychologist or a counselor or, like... What do you care? Does your insurance care? That's all things to consider. I don't necessarily think that's super important because from my experience, at least, the people that have their doctorate versus people that have their master's don't really have that big of a difference in learning. Honestly, I think that you can learn just as much. It just depends on what you put into it. Like, are you caring about this outside of your schoolwork? Because school is really not teaching you that much all the time. So whatever. But anyway, next one would be like, do you care about the type of treatment? this is a big one. So like do some research on the different kinds of therapy. Like there's cognitive behavioral therapy, which people also refer to as CBT. And that's like talking cognition is like your thought patterns. Behavior is the things that you're doing. And then therapy. So like you're working on the connection between your thoughts and your behaviors and how that's impacting you as a whole. Um, There's also like DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. And there's EMDR therapy. There is um, psychoanalytic therapy. There's so many different kinds of therapy and therapy groups. Behavioral. There's it. There's so many. There's um, specifically like different kinds of OCD types of therapy. You just gotta think if it matters to you. Like if you have a lot of trauma, maybe you wanna try EMDR. If you have more of, like, um, mood disorder type stuff or, like, struggles, you struggle more with, like, mood regulation and social regulation, you might want to try dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, If you struggle with more of, like, ADHD and anxiety, you might want to try cognitive behavioral therapy. Like, just Google all the different kinds that you can think of. If you're if you care that much, I personally don't really care because I just think that all of them can be beneficial to everybody in some degree or another. Um, so I, I think it's interesting to get therapy from multiple different perspectives, and you can always do those kind of therapy practices on your own too. So I don't really necessarily think that that's super important for most people. Some people I would say it is pretty important. Um, like if you have uh borderline personality disorder, you probably should go to dialectical behavioral therapy. Uh if you if you have like I said trauma, like you should probably go to some sort of like trauma informed therapist and potentially look into like EMDR. The EMDR is like argumentative about its effect its its efficiency, but if you have addiction, like you need hold on the camera stopped. Okay, we're back. Um I could keep rambling on about the different kinds of therapy treatments and you know how they work, but like you know, do you need relationship advice? So do you need to go with your partner, go to the marriage, whatever. Anyway, we're gonna move on because like I said, I can literally keep talking about it for so long. Okay. What's next? Oh, um, okay. Another really important thing to consider is religion. If you're a religious person and religion doesn't play a role often in your mental health. Maybe it doesn't matter too much. Stop it. But if you're religious and it does play a role, like for me, religion plays a really big role in my mental health because I, I am very invested in religion in general. So I need to go to someone that is religious or spiritual. Like, I personally don't really care what religion they are. Um, as long as they are religious, I always ask for someone that is religious or spiritual in some way. Which I'm super excited because my new therapist is. So that's cool. Um, Another important thing that seems like it's... (laughs) This seems like something people tend to be a little bit afraid to say that they actually have a preference for. And you shouldn't. You're not going to get in trouble for saying this. It is a very important thing to consider when finding a therapist. Is you need to consider race and ethnicity. If you are... You can't go to a therapist, I mean, you can, but if you are from, like, let's say, okay, here's a really, here's a good example. If you are someone that is legitimately has African culture in you, and you go to some Dutch white person, I'm saying this example because in West Michigan, there are a lot of Dutch CRC people that have Dutch culture, and there's a lot of actual, like, immigrants from Africa, and they have African culture. And there's a big barrier between understanding of the presentation of certain symptoms as being cultural versus being mental health related. Like the Dutch people might think that um, like presentation of mourning or like like more of like death related things is like severe mental health reactions. But in reality, it's just more of a cultural appropriate way to respond in those situations. And if they had a provider that had that similar background of that their own culture there wouldn't be that issue um and I've heard a lot of people say like I spend more time explaining the cultural things to my therapist than we actually do working through it and it's been a big barrier for me and that's why it's important that you do consider that like if you have a lot of like cultural stuff that plays a role in your mental health like the way that like family dynamics and relationship dynamics and Um, stigmas around mental health, it might be good for you to consider going to someone of the same race as you. Or maybe if you have like significant trauma from the same race as you, maybe you need to go to someone and that's like your main focus. Maybe you need to go to someone from a different race or ethnic groups even. It might be hard to find ethnic groups that are similar to you, um, but it's still something that is important to do just like religion if it's something that might be affecting you A lot of people don't have tons of problems with this, but some people do and it's something to consider. Um, And then the last thing I think is important to consider is if you would rather do telehealth or be in person. And this is a really big new one, um, but it's easier to get telehealth appointments right now. It's way faster, way more easily accessible, and the problem is a lot of people don't want telehealth. They would prefer in person. Um, So, just consider that you might need to be flexible when starting out, or if you want the appointment sooner, you might have to do telehealth, but if you can wait for an in-person, then definitely wait for an in-person. It's just something to consider. Alright, next is to find a provider, and here's where it kind of gets confusing, because this is where people are like, well, I don't know what to do. I would first start out by checking with your insurance, and your insurance will oftentimes have recommended providers or whatever or like they can list off um the name like the types of licenses that they accept and what your co-pay will be like check into all of that and make sure you know before you go to the therapist or you start calling and then I would go to psychology today honestly I wouldn't that wouldn't be my first step my personal first step would be that if I have an insurance provider that's more widely accepted um I would just start calling places. I would go on Google Maps and I would just type in like therapists or like psychologists. And I would just start calling all the places and ask if they have any therapists that are available. You know, book on one of your lunch breaks. Spend the hour just calling a bunch of random places around you and doing that. Um, And then after doing that, if you're still waiting to hear back from a lot of people and you haven't heard anything... Or maybe it's just another way to look into things. I would go to psychologytoday.com and go to the Find a Therapist page. You can filter by insurance on there as well as, like, specific specialties. Like, if you're struggling with um, PTSD, you can say that you want someone that focuses on that. You can also filter by gender. And then you can go and look at their pictures and base it off of the way they look. Or, like, you know, if it says they're available or whatever. um, And go through it that way. And the other way that I think is easiest if you really need an appointment quickly would be to call major large organizations. So if you want telehealth, that would mean contacting a place like BetterHelp or, um, oh my gosh, I can't even remember any of the other ones, like just online ones that are fully online, try to contact them. I know Headspace does therapy now as well, Um, or like even just large organizations in your area, like. Here in West Michigan, we have Pine Rest, Forest View, Counseling Center, West Michigan. Like, There's a lot like that that you can contact to see if they have anything available and they have such a large basis that it'll be easy to get in contact with, with them. And honestly, put yourself on wait lists. Don't, like, say no to wait lists. Just do, if anyone has a wait list, just say yes, and then if you do find a provider while you're still on a bunch of different wait lists, just ignore their calls. <laughs> That's my main tip for finding a provider. Um... And then once you find that person, definitely book a few appointments out, like, after your first appointment. But when you go into the first appointment, try to be prepared to know that you're going to have to answer, most of the time, a lot of questions. And the first one's not going to be super therapeutic often. It's going to be more of them getting a basic understanding of who you are, what you're dealing with, all that good stuff. So, like, go into it knowing that you're going to have to talk about some stuff and share with them. So be prepared to do that. And also just like, keep in mind, they're a stranger. And I know that can seem scary, but it shouldn't be. Like they literally don't know you. They don't know your family. They don't know the people around you. They have no bias. They are going to be a great insight to everything going on in your life because they don't have the bias of wanting to like make sure other people feel okay about what you're saying and not hurting other people in your circles' feelings and they can't go share the information with other people that you know and they can't share the information in general. And even if they were stupid and did that, they don't know anyone that you know. Like it doesn't it literally doesn't matter. It does not matter. They are a complete stranger and while that can seem really scary, it should make you feel better because a stranger doesn't judge you. and, and like, they can't share the information with the people that, you know, you could hurt their feelings by. So, like, some of the questions you probably will have to answer on your first day in are, like, you know, tell me about who's in your family. What's your relationship with the people in your family and the people you live with? How's your social life? How has it been historically? How'd you do in school? You know, when did you first start having symptoms of this thing? And tell me what your symptoms are. You might even have to fill out some questionnaires of, like, how your current anxiety is, how your current depression is. Um, just going over all the details. They're going to ask you about trauma. And if you don't feel like sharing about your trauma, just say, I do have trauma, but I don't want to discuss it at this point, And I will tell you if I'm ready to. And they won't ask you again because it literally doesn't make a difference in their lives. They do not care. That sounds bad, but like they don't. Like it's not that it doesn't affect them whether or not you share. They're there to help you. And to be there for you. And that makes them happy. That's why they're doing what they do. But if you choose not to do things. It's not going to hurt their feelings. It's not going to make them feel uncomfortable. Like none of that. So don't worry. Um, I think that it's important to know that after your first appointment or two. When you get all that out on the table. And you're like I shared everything about my history. I shared everything about what's been going on lately. And we talked about some more of the details. Think about what are your main things that came out of that. And maybe tell them, like, what do you think I need to focus on? And just see what they say. You tell them what you think. And then go home and think more detailed about it. So, like, for me, I, you know, could think, oh, I need to work on intrusive thoughts. I need to work on my eating disorder. I need to work on my religious stuff. I need to work on my routine, my ADHD, my blah, 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 blah. That's too many things to work on. So tell them what, from what I've told you, what's it sound, what do you think is my main problem? And they'll tell you. And then you'll go, okay, and I hear these ones from myself. And then you can go home and make a really detailed thing to give them for expectations. So like, I think that on top of like, what your expectations are, of like a main goal, think about what your expectations are for them as well. So like, for me, I really want my provider to give me homework. Like, I want something tangible to do and carry with me throughout the week. Like, oh, this week I need to practice. When I'm starting to feel hateful towards myself, I'm going to pause and say three affirmations. Or, like, even, like, them printing off physical homework things for me to do. Um, that can be really helpful for me. I also need them to not let me ramble because I can talk nonstop. And I will. And my last therapist just let me talk, and she didn't interrupt me, and then I would pause, and she still would just sit there, and then I'd have to, like, ask her, and then she wouldn't really give me much insight, but I need people. I'm not, I I have, I have plenty of outlets to talk to. I'm not there because I need someone to talk to, and maybe you or somebody else might go to therapy because I need an outlet to just talk to, but for me, I need someone that's going to help me, like, slow down and, like, think through, like, what's going on and talk to me about it. Um, So, I need them to interrupt me and not let me ramble. I also, um, I also need them to be able to address me, like, why do you think this is happening? What are the barriers? And, like, just using different kind of practices to do that. Um, And then make a plan to review after X amount of time or days. So, like, I'm going to share with you the plan that I made. So, like I said, step four is to make sure that you understand like what the overview of all the things you want to work on are and then decide what specific thing you want to work on and why and share that with your provider and make sure that in that it includes things that you need them to do for you um to make your therapy effective and then step five is to make a plan to review after whatever x amount of time to see how you're doing and if there's something else you want to focus on. So those are the steps to getting therapy and starting therapy um I think that those are, like, the simplified steps of doing it. Uh, and just tell yourself, like, I'm going to do this for this long and stick it out. And if I don't like it after this long, I'll try someone else, you know? All right. Let's look at my therapy plan. I really want to lay down, but... Oh, I'm so cozy. My shoulders Sorry. Oh, oh. Okay. So... My therapy plan that I'm I'm going to share this with my therapist next time we meet. Because today we met and we just talked about like my background and all the different things that I know that I need to work on. And I want to pick one thing though because while I have a ton of things that I need to work on, I can't. I just, we can't do all of them and it's not going to be as effective if we try to do all of them. So I need to just pick one to do and then later we'll come back to the other one. So I chose focus on routine slash control. Why did I choose this? This impacts every area of my life. If I can learn in this area, I can more easily succeed in others. So like for me, I am a control freak and it ends up leading to me not being able to follow things because everything is so rigid that I just fail and I can't work on my intrusive thoughts about other things if this part is still bothering me because if this part's not in place, I just give everything up. If this, if my routine is up, I just give up on doing anything else that follows it, including my routine, my religion, my whatever, all my other things. So the problem is that I'm very self-hating. If I even slightly slip up, I give up. Everything is rigid. I cannot deal with uncertainty and I always need to control things. And when I get, and when things get overwhelming, I just give up. And that means that when things get overwhelming, any of the other areas I need to work on, I give up. (laughs) Alright, so how am I going to do this? How am I going to work on this? I'm going to share my planned routine. I'm going to meditate and have homework to work on from therapy. And I would also really like insights to why I'm doing these things and methods and how to implement changes. So what I mean by this is I want my therapist to give me, like, insight when I'm talking when I'm, like, sitting down, I'm, like, she's, like, how's your routine going this week? I'm, like, oh, I did this, and I gave up on this part of it, because, like, for example, I gave up on my food, because I, you know, ate a chocolate bar, and that meant that I failed, so now I just gave up for the rest of the week. I'll start again on Monday. I want her to be, like, okay, so, like, let's think through, like, why couldn't you have continued? Like, I want her to, like, be able to point those things out, because when I'm aware of them, I don't always, like, take the time to talk through them, and that's what I'm there for, and I also wanted to give me homework related to those things and more practices I put into place for it, rather than just thoughts to have, because I already have plenty of thoughts that I can make up on my own, um, and then my, fo- my time frame for this is to focus on this until the end of March, and then reassess what I want to focus on, um, I will know it's completed because I will be able to maintain a daily routine even when things and parts of the days fail. I will be able to have a kinder, more loving internal dialogue regarding to the failure and not completely start over because right now, like I said, if I mess up even slightly, just give completely up and don't, I don't do anything else. But I want to be able to um, know that I succeeded in working on my routine and my control issues. If I can do my routines, and let's say, for example, I don't work out the day I'm supposed to. I continue with the routine the following days and the rest of that day, even though I messed up a part of it. That's how I know I will have succeeded, as well as the fact that I won't have a hateful internal dialogue at all times about it saying, you're such a failure, you're such a screw up, why'd you do that, you're so lazy, you're so stupid, why didn't you do that, why are you so stupid, you're so lazy, why did you give up, you gave up so fast, because you don't care about anything, you just don't do anything right, I'll instead be like, it's okay that I didn't do that, this came up, this is why it happened, I'll just do it again tomorrow, like, it's okay, it's not the end of the world, life isn't going to fall apart, I'm proud of myself for the other things that I've done and how well I've continued to do. So that's, I love this cat so much. That's my plan with my therapist. And I encourage you to make one of your own when you're starting therapy. So like when you start with a therapist, just know that you are what, like therapy is going to be what you make of it. And if you're just going in there and sitting down and not actually choosing to prioritize doing it, and being present, and putting your best foot forward, it's just going to be you sitting down. It's going to be like, you going to sit down in the coffee shop, do nothing, like, it's not going to, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Okay, I'm so distracted right now, so I'm just going to say goodbye now. Alright, I hope that you guys start going to therapy if you are ready to do that and you can afford to. Um, if you feel like you don't want to go to therapy, but you still want to work on yourself, I encourage you to still look into, like, the types of therapy, um, that might work best for whatever you're dealing with, like, steps one and two, or steps one and three, I don't remember, but the step of, like, figuring out, like, what is your primary thing you need and, like, what kind of therapy you need, um, look into those still, and then look up workbooks. Like, if you want to, if you have anxiety And you want to work on your anxiety and you don't want to go to therapy because maybe you can't afford to, or maybe you just don't feel comfortable doing that yet. Like, I encourage you to start watching more YouTube videos on the topics and TED Talks on the topics and make like pick a day of the week that's going to be like your personal therapy day and watch one TED Talk and then buy this like a CBT workbook and read parts of it and then do the workbook pages of it and. Pick a day, a week to do that. And, you know, you can still get stuff out of it. Like, you don't have to go to a therapist to work on these things. You can still gain a lot from doing it on your own time. And, you know, if you do both of them, cheers to you. That'll be really great. And it's a thing that I wish I was being able to maintain. But, um, yeah. Alright. Good luck on your adventures. If you guys need help with anything or want any insight on this area, just feel free to shoot me a message and I'll see what I can do, but thank you so much for watching, listening, whatever you chose to do today, um, if you like this podcast, please review it on the, on the podcast, oh my gosh, I can't talk, on the audio forum, please give it a review, and subscribe to it, or follow it, whatever it's called, if you're watching on YouTube, please give it a like, and subscribe, and more than anything else, just please share this with somebody who might need to hear it or might need some guidance in this area um, so that they can help, so that I can maybe help them and they can learn something new as well as you guys help me out by helping me reach new audiences. All right, well, I will see you next week, Wednesday, and I hope you have a great rest of your week and an awesome start to your new year. Don't be hard on yourself. Give yourself some grace and love while you go through this process and know that it is a lifelong journey not just right now in the moment. All right have a day.